Hello and welcome to United Q Barbecue Podcast, the only barbecue podcast in the UK, brought to you by your host Dan from United Q and his co-host Barbecue Forte. Hello. This episode is brought to you by our current sponsors, ProQ Smokers. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Right, and today we have a special episode. It is a brisket cast brought to you by Jackie Waite, the Queen of Barbecue. Hello. Hi there, guys. Hi, Jackie. Uh, for you guests, for you listeners, sorry, that that haven't tuned into episode four yet. Silly not to, but uh, you should go back and check that out, definitely. But for anyone that hasn't, Jackie, could you just introduce yourself? Yeah, my name's Jackie Waite. Um... My uh, my barbecue name is Mad Cow's Barbecue. I'm the 2004 World Barbecue Champion, the Jack Daniels Invitational World Barbecue Champion, the only non-American to win the competition in its 27-year history. I've also barbecued in competitions all through America, um, including the American Royal, the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, and lots of other small competitions. Um, I'm currently the exec chef at Blue Smokehouse, uh, based in Bratnell, Twickenham, Twickenham, and coming soon in Slough and lots of other places near you. Uh, also a barbecue judge. I judge at Grillstock. Um, I was once the head judge for the British Barbecue Society. I'm a Kansas City certified barbecue judge. And I've now probably bored you all to tears, so that's enough about me. You're well qualified, basically. <laughs> I've cooked a brisket or two, yeah. put it that way. <laughs> yeah, you basically do not come better qualified to give this brisket cast, which is why we chose you as the one to do it, Jackie. So thank you very much for coming on and uh, blessing us with this information. <laughs> thank you, I'm very flattered. Okay, so let's start the, the, the right at the beginning. Uh, as a farmer, you'll probably have, or as an ex-farmer, you'll probably have uh, lots of information on this, but w- where do you source your meat? Uh, what, what breed do you tend to go for? And what size of, and what sort of size of, uh, and what grade do you tend to go for for your briskets? Okay. Um, as a former English farmer, um, it galls me, but the British marketplace really doesn't produce brisket that is suitable for competition. Um, our brisket, because we kill our cattle out a bit earlier than, um, say, America or Australia, uh, briskets tend to be too thin. Thin brisket just doesn't work. It, it doesn't smoke. It dries out, um, and it, it, it's just not right for this type of low and slow barbecue. So as much as I hate to say it, um, my preferred choice is either USDA brisket or Australian, believe it or not. Um, I tend to opt more for Australia these days. Uh, there are some really good um, quality briskets out there. Uh, my supplier at the moment is Tom Hickson from Smithfield. And um, if I was competing ever again um, or recommending where people go for brisket, that, that would be my, one of my first points of call. Size-wise, I'd like to say the bigger the better, but not always. It really It's about thickness, not about size. You want to go with a brisket that is at least two inches thick, more if you can get it, and that's just the flat I'm talking about, not the point. Um, so you just want to go with something that's really lovely and thick um, and well-sized, minimum of five kilos. So you mentioned flat and point there. Can you just tell the listeners what, what the flat and the point is? Okay. Brisket, let's 
start with where the brisket comes from because the brisket cut on an American um, way of cutting is totally different to the way the Brits would cut the brisket, which is why most of our butchers get confused. Um, you, American brisket it comes from the front um, chest area of the animal. So that, you know, where that big, long, flappy bit under the head is, well, behind that is your brisket. Um, so <laughs> it sounds really, sounds terrible, <laughs> but that's where your brisket is. And if you take into account the, the, the way the animal's formed, that whole front area is like a triangle. So if you went from under their chin to their chest and down between their, their, their two front legs, if you look at it front on, it looks like a triangle. The top end of the triangle is your flat, and the bottom end is your point. And easy tell, um, you can easily tell them apart. The flat bit actually does look flat, and the point is the muscle that sits on top. Um, the point tends to be cross-grained as opposed to uh, single-grained. So what I mean by that is when you get a grain going through meat, you always slice against the grain. In the point, because the grain kind of goes all over the place, it's quite difficult to do, which is why the point tends to be repurposed into burnt ends. So that's your anatomy class for the day over. Awesome. Awesome. So for <laughs> people, that, people that can't get hold of sort of Australian uh, brisket or, or sort of USDA brisket, uh, what, what, what key points are they looking for? Sort of a good marbling, uh, anything else? Anything else that really they should be looking for? Um, really, just go and make friends with your butcher. Um, especially if he's a traditional butcher. Explain to him what you want and what you're doing with it. <clears throat> you want to go with something that's thick um, and has got a bit of fat on it. Again, you need fat in brisket because it's the fat that gives you the flavour, that gives you the moisture. Um, so marbling is, is key. Cool. So, so, so leading up to, to cooking this sort of beast of a cut, where, where do we begin? Do we trim, a rub, brine, inject? So, sort of where, where do you start? Right, if I, if I was doing, the, I, I will describe the way I do brisket for competition. Um, awesome. And that is, I like to trim most of the fat off. I'll leave about two mil up to four mil of fat covering the flat. Um, I don't want all the fat to go because I need the fat, the, the fat for moisture. But if you've got too much fat on, what happens is you'll put your rub on, which we'll come to later on, um, and you'll end up trimming most of the rub off because there's so much fat that nobody really wants to eat that much fat. Um, so I always go for a between 2 and 4 mil thickness of fat covering the flat. Um, I will trim any really big lumps of fat out of the point area um, just so that there's still some fat but it's not over, you know, over the top. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And uh, so, so then, sort of, then what do you do next after you've sort of given it a trim? What do you tend to do next? Then is it a rub, a brine, or inject? Okay, competition-wise, I would inject, but I'd inject very carefully because the last thing you want is is um, a, a meat that's full of needle marks and, and marks and discoloration with um, whatever you've injected into the meat. So I would go into the meat carefully so that I didn't go through too much of a cross-section. Um, I would always go in from the side as well because then you'll get that, you won't get the holes going through the meat when you're cutting it. Um, you'll get them side on, which means they'll actually slice with the meat. Uh, I, I personally don't like all these chemicals that some people inject with, um, these dry things that you mix and get some sort of flavour out of. I, I actually use a really good beef stock. Um, a 
strong beef stock, but it just gives you a little bit of fattiness and a little bit of moisture and a beefy flavour into the meat. Is that beef stock you tend to make yourself? Yeah, yeah, I would. And I'd, um, I'd always make a really good concentrated beef stock and then inject that in. And I'd also use some of it on the outside of the beef as well to, to, to give a, a good adhesion for the rub. So... Okay, that, so instead that, of like using like an oil or something to stick the rub, you'd use. I'd use stock just to stock. just to dampen the meat mm-hmm. down, and, and if it's a, if it's a good jellied stock, then you can rub that all over the meat and and get flavour into the meat that way as well. Mm. What mm. so, what sort of basic flavours would people be looking to to get into uh, their rub or or brine? Um, rub wise, I mean, I wouldn't ignore brine that a brisket, bride. so I'm, I'm not going to talk about brine for brisket because yeah, sorry, ignore that. <laughs> right, so. <laughs> Um, the basic rub that I would use for brisket would have ingredients along the lines of sugar, salt, paprika, garlic, onions, pepper, a little bit of cumin, some chilli powder, a bit of cayenne and some ground coffee. Not instant coffee, just ground coffee because I find ground coffee brings out more flavour to the beef and all of those flavours give a, a, a good layering of flavours and gives you a good combination of flavours to actually give you a, a more depth um, in the meat itself. Okay. How long before the cook do we uh, inject then and how long before the cook do we rub? Right. Competitions, you normally get your meat um, on the Friday lunchtime and you're turning on Saturday. So one of the first things I would do would be to prep the brisket and the pork, um, get the rub on as soon as, as I can. Uh, in the restaurant, for example, we always rub 24 hours in advance and we leave the rub on for 24 hours because it just gives us that more, that flavour going into the beef. Um, so I would always leave the rub on brisket for as long as possible. Awesome, cool. And uh, so then once you get so at the competition, you, you, you get given the uh, the brisket, you don't, do you refrigerate it or do you leave it out? If, if it's at home, when do you bring it out of the fridge? Do you cook it cold or do you bring it out plenty of time to get up to room temperature or if i'm doing a, a long slow cook i will take it from the fridge and put it into the smoker um if it's if it's out for a little while for about an hour or so it, it's it's fine um but um i don't like meat being left around on sides going to room temperature because that's when you start um, playing with bacteria that you don't really want on your food <clears throat> so i i tend to to the smoke from cold, and I also also find the smoke takes better um, because once that product warms up and then seals, then the, the smoke will stop going in. Cool, awesome. So what so what temperature are we initially putting that brisket in at? <clears throat> I would um, initially put the brisket into the smoker at about one eighty Fahrenheit, which you can you guys can work it out yourself. There's plenty of conversion charts around there, but one eighty Fahrenheit would be my starting temperature. Um, I would smoke it at 180 for approximately the first five to six hours, um, and then pretty much that's all the smoke it's going to take. So then I turn the heat up to about 225 um, and finish cooking it at that temperature. Cool, awesome. What what woods work best with with brisket? You you want a good flavoured wood. I mean, my go-to is hickory because hickory has got a, a good strong flavour. Um, I've also done it with cherry, which is lovely. Um, so, yeah, fruit woods, always, you, you can't really miss. Um, and I suppose oak would be a, another one to use. So any of those, um, hickory, mesquite, apple, cherry or oak would be probably awesome. all I would go with. 
Yeah. You do, do you ever mix your woods? I do mix my woods, yeah. Mm. Um, I tend to find that putting some cherry with oak is, is quite a nice combination. Um, just gives you that slight fruitiness, but depth of flavour of the oak as well. Taking a step back, do you put the meat on uh, fat cap down or do you put it uh, straight on at the, fl- the flat at the bottom? Or Totally depends what machine I'm cooking on. Um, so I, I would say whichever way is facing your heat. So if you're in, say, a Pro-Q, um, I would go fat cap down because your heat source is coming from the bottom and therefore you want that fat to protect the brisket. Um, if I was cooking for something, something that was say, um, circulating more a, a pellet cooker, I always have my fat cap up because um, the, there's more heat coming from the top because the heat's coming up and blowing down onto the meat. So it really is kind of dependent on what you're cooking on, but uh, the fat cap is a good way of protecting your meat from the direct direction of the heat. Awesome. So so do we, do we mop the meat at all or spritz it or, or what, what do you advise? Um... I would let it go for that first six hours. Um, then after that, I would be spritzing it. Um, I tend to use, um, on most things, apple juice mixed with water. Uh, the other thing that works really nicely on brisket is cherry juice mixed with water. Um, just gives that, again, that another layer of sweet, sweetness and flavour. Awesome. Sounds great. Uh, and so something that we often hear about in the barbecue world is the stall. Is this uh, is this myth or is it real? And, and what what is uh, what is the stool? It is real. It's not a myth. Um, it's basically um, I'm not going to go into the scientific details, but your meat will reach a certain temperature, and then it won't actually increase in heat. And it's 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 all about the rendering of the fat and um, the way it's cooking. It's got nothing to do with the heat of the machine. Obviously, if your if your barbecue is only cooking at say 60 degrees, your meat's never going to go above 60 degrees. So, you know, count that one out. Um, I'm blabbing, sorry. But, uh, but, That's but a good, po- good point, though, because people would do that, wouldn't they? It would be in there. Why wouldn't it get any hotter? Well, you, your barbecue's not exactly, hot enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, you, you will hit a stall. Um, and don't worry about it. Don't start worrying about, oh, I've got to take it out. I've got to wrap it. I've got to turn the heat up. Just let it go. Um, it can sit in that stalled state for up, up to about two hours, um, but it will continue. Okay, so don't wrap it at all? Is that your advice, or do you still wrap at some point? I don't tend to wrap my brisket um, because I find wrapping the brisket softens the bark too much. What I will do is I'll, I'll pop it into a tray um, to collect some of the cooking juices, and I won't be back until we're about eight eight-ish hours into the cook um but i want to try and get my collect my juices but not ruin my my um my outside bark the only time i wrap my brisket is when i take it out to rest it mm-hmm. and, and okay we'll, we'll cover that point when we get there then. uh so do, do you cook the temperature or do you cook to judge it by feel uh just down to your experience what would be the telltale signs for people uh, for the untrained eye, or, or what would be the, the actual temperature that you would advise people to cook to? Right. I do a bit of both. Um, you know, what you'll be probing your meat. Always go into the meat sideways. So you go to a thin thin section at the side of the meat, and you push your probe into the meat. Don't go from the top down. If you go from the top down, chances are you'll go between the grains, uh, and you won't get a true feel. 
by going through the side, you'll you'll go through the grains, um, and you'll get a proper feel of, of of how your meat is. The best way I can describe um, how it should feel, it should feel like a warm knife going through cold butter. There should be some a little bit of resistance, but it should give really quite easily. If you want to go from a temperature point of view, then I would cook between, and I'm going to go Celsius here and make you all proud, I'm going to go between 90 and 96 Celsius. Um, that They are the ideal cook times. If I find that my cook has um, finished quite a long way or is about to finish quite a long way before turn-in time, I would actually take the uh, the brisket out a little bit earlier. I'd take it out more at the the 89, 90 degrees, wrap it, and then leave it hot in a hot box because it will carry on cooking, and then it will give you a really nice product as well. Okay, so so now it's cooked. Uh, what's next? You said you you mentioned earlier about wrapping. Do you do you wrap then, and what do you wrap in? Okay, once you once it's cooked, once your flat's cooked, because always test your flat. Don't bother about don't worry about the point for now. When your flat's cooked is when you want to take it out of your smoker. Um, when the flat's cooked, you then take the point off. So let it rest for about half an hour. Get the point off. Get the point back into the smoker. Um, if you really want to wrap the point, then wrap it. There's no real need to, but I, always, I would also always put it in a tray so I can collect the juices. Um, the point takes an extra two to three hours to cook. Um, don't expect your point to be cooked at the same time as the flat. It, nine times out of ten, it won't be. Um, and you want the point to make your burnt ends. And if your point in, burnt ends are chewy, it ain't going to be good. So I would detach my point. I would then wrap my, my flat up, put it away into a nice hot box to say lovely and hot, ready for slicing and turning in, and then I'd carry on cooking the point. So how long will we leave it resting before you'll start to slice it? Uh, I would re- leave it to rest for as long as possible um, before I slice it. Um, if I'm doing it for competition, nine times out of ten, it will always be out of smoker well well before an hour in advance. Um, but obviously, you've got to wrap it up and keep it warm, otherwise it, you've screwed it anyway. Um, uh, but uh, normally, as long as possible, minimum hour. Okay. Awesome. So, so your flat will get obviously a lot more resting time, and your point wheels is it's brought off before then. Say that again. Sorry. So, around, it? Sorry, the, the flat would get a lot more resting time than your point. Then is that is that right then? Yeah, you'd... the flat will get more resting time because the point's going to carry on cooking. Um, awesome. The point. I'm not. Um, you know, you want to rest the point a bit, but I'm not as worried about the point resting as I am about the flat because the flat needs to reabsorb all of that moisture so if it's sitting in its little tray of juices that you've caught it's going to soak some of those juices back in uh, awesome. while it's resting whereas cool. the point will have loads and loads of juices in there already nice uh, so how do, how do we cut the brisket uh, what what are the different parts and, and what are burnt ends and, and how thick do we slice okay you always slice your brisket against the grain um so your 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 strands of grain will always be running um along the, the, the length of the meat rather than the width of the meat. If you're smart, you'll have made a little notch to tell you where your grain goes before you put it in the cooker. I don't advocate cutting a corner off because when you cut the corner off, sometimes you still can't work out what you've cut off. So I personally would cut a deep notch in but leave it attached because you can always see the notch, whereas you can't always see the cut. Um, 
going back to trimming, if your brisket is really huge, trim the sides off a little bit so that you don't end up having to, to cut the sides off to put it in the box because it tends to look a bit like meatloaf if you do. Um, you want the smoke ring to go all the way round. So if you trim your brisket slightly bigger than the box to begin with, your turning box, then you'll have a really nice sized product that you can just slice and box. And you get the bark all the way around, and like you and said, the smoke the ring all the way, way around, around, which is awesome. And your awesome. appearance will, will be much, much better. Awesome. Um, Thickness-wise, always go for about a pencil eraser um, thickness. Well, it's to be about four mil, four, four mil thick. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a nice biting slice. If it's too thick, invariably it means it's you've overcooked it, and that's the only way you can get it to hold together. If it's too thin, it normally means you've undercooked it and you're trying to trick the judges into thinking there's less chewiness because you've cut it really thin. Um, the perfect brisket to me, you should be able to hold on to you know, each end of the slice, pull it apart for a centimetre, and it then should spring back and there shouldn't be any pressure. Pull it past a centimetre and it will probably come apart. So you want Awesome. Do we, do we cut the... The point end any thicker than the flat end, or is it just just there? Uh, go for the uh, sort of pencil thickness for each. Point no point end. You want to cut into nice thick cubes. I would normally go for about one to one and a half centimeter cubes. Don't go massive. You want to go to about a one centimeter, one and a half centimeter cube, and 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 really because your point you're cooking that whole point just for six cubes. You know, go to town. Try and cut your cubes, cubes from one section so they all look like they're one con- con- cohesive unit. Uh, make sure you cut through, obviously. Otherwise, judge picks up one piece and it all comes with them. You get marked down and the other five judges don't eat. Um, so, you know, try and make your point look smart when you're boxing it rather than just higgledy-piggledy all over the place. Um, but, your, your, but your point cubes, your burnt ends should melt in the mouth and be really rich and flavorful and they should be wonderful so my then, favorite yeah. Bit, really. yeah 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 good <laughs> so the, the, the last point not salivating yeah. <laughs> keep going <laughs> uh, the, i guess the last part to say is do we do we add sauce to that then or okay is, well the reason for my catching the juices yeah. is i would always mix the juices with a little bit of sauce i would probably go quarter cup sauce to about one to two tablespoons, no, sorry, quarter cup of meat juices to about one to two tablespoons of sauce, depends on your sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would brush the meat with it on the back of the meat so that you don't see this really sauced meat on the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, when the judge picks it up, the bit that goes on his tongue has got the sauce and the flavour of the, the meat juices on there. Yeah. So um, sneaky, all these mm, little points. This is brilliant. Yeah, see, I'm giving you all my tricks now. What yeah. are you doing? This oh is God. awesome. I must be mad. <laughs> well, we could just not put this one out there and we can go and win, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> they do call you the mad cow barbecue, so yeah, I think you are. <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy, eh? But the one, the one thing I find as a judge is nothing worse than getting a mouthful of clumpy, gucky sauce. Um, you know, I get it on... It's worse on ribs and chicken, I have to admit. You bite in and just get this mouthful of sauce and it's, it's quite horrible. You want to taste the meat... The meat is what you're judging. You're not judging a sauce. So what you do is you use sauce to complement the meat, not to overpower it. Cool. Great advice. 
Okay. Awesome. Thank you very much. And that was a an awesome brisket cast. It's it a very quick brisket cast. We're probably one of the hardest things going to cook on a barbecue, but that's that's exactly what we wanted. Thank you very much, Jackie. I think you've uh, provided some uh, great secrets to to the ultimate cook there from our world champion queen of barbecue. So thank you very much. <laughs> You're most welcome. I'm I'm looking forward to judging this year. Hopefully, we'll get some really good. Um Good brisket on the circuit this year. Yeah, so guys, make sure you've taken note of what Jackie's just said. <laughs> yeah, doesn't come from a better source. Doesn't come from a better source. So thank you very much, Jackie. Thanks for coming on the show again. And it's great no to problem. have you on. Been a great guest twice now. So thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank you for asking me again. Could you just, one more time, could you just uh, uh, reel off where people can find you in case they want to ask you any questions about this or, or basically find out a little bit more information or... Yep, you can find me at Mad Cows BBQ on Twitter, and Mad Cows BBQ is my Facebook page as well. So just do a Google search on Mad Cows BBQ, and you'll probably find me. Um, if not, put my name next to it, and you'll definitely find me. Great, awesome! Thank you very much, Jackie. Thank you very, oh very God. much, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Okay, thanks a lot. Cheers, thanks. <laughs>